Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread, the podcast, bringing our content to you. I'm all it is, and I'm here with my deuterinos. Beware, Cap, Doc, and Savage. And today, we bring you episode 13, The Big Lebowski versus The Shawshank Redemption, a movie considered to be the greatest of all time by many, with The Big Lebowski also being considered the greatest by a cult following. And a few of our Thread members are probably cult members, including myself. I gotta say, I'm a little anxious to discuss my favorite movie of all time, and I don't want to shine light on all of its greatness either, because a lot of what's great about The Big Lebowski is what you discover yourself watching and re-watching this fabulous film. But before I have an anxiety attack, let me give a special shout out to tonight's sponsor, Wonderful Pistachios. Wonderful brings you the original plant-based protein, pistachios that are just as the bag says, wonderful. Also, Wonderful Pistachios now comes in a bag with no shells for all you folks out there on the go. I personally like to crack them open. It's much more satisfying. Folks, it's time to break down my favorite movie, The Big Lebowski, and the internet's favorite movie of all time, The Shawshank Redemption. Right after that intro music by Beware. Go. Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Well, it's very, uh, homey. What are you kidding? We got us a family here. I hope you realize how you hurt my feelings. Yeah, waving the fucking gun around? Now, look, I made a mistake, all right? It didn't make any difference anyway. Hey, I'm letting it go. But don't say it doesn't matter. Every line matters. Get off my back! Don't fuck with my plane! And like that, it's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread Podcast. Bringing our content to you. Featuring all it is. It's official, old buddy. Well, has been. Beware. From then on, he was known as Benny the Jet Rodriguez. The Doc. You're the Doc, Doc. The Cat. If you already know the answers to your questions, then why ask? Pig fuck. And myself, Savage. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of them. Homework's in. Let's begin. I'm already frazzled, guys. I enjoyed having my mini Lebowski fest with a couple of our thread members, Cap and Doc. We made some white Russians and enjoyed ourselves very much. Doc, uh, how'd you like watching a movie with a few of your dudes sipping a white Russian? Hey, first off, I want to say you're doing such a wonderful job right now. And I also want to say to all my thread members is that I love you all so much and that whatever, whatever happens from here on out, it's all love. And uh, all, love, all love, baby. All love. Man, it was great. It was great to get uh, a mini crew together to sit back and vibe on some uh, uh, white Russians or Caucasians, as we finally called them, and uh, just enjoy a great movie. Um, and, you know, I think the recurring theme on uh, this our Thread podcast is how much we enjoy watching movies together and how much that makes it that much better. And, and, of, and of all the movies that we've watched on our Thread thus far, I think Big Lebowski is one of the ones that I think I, I don't know if I've ever watched it by myself. I think most of the times it is watching it with friends. It's it's on in the background at, at house parties or just you know on a you know Saturday morning after partying all night. Um, uh, so I, I I loved watching Lebowski with the crew. It was uh, made for a really nice watching experience. I don't know, man. This is episode thirteen, uh, lucky number thirteen, and it's I think it's definitely appropriate that we're talking about uh, these two movies. Uh, I will say that I this 
this battle has made me do the most homework and research that I've ever done for any uh, matchup because I want to make sure to get this one right. And uh, we also are going to try not to go too typical with the Big Lebowski because um, it has those quotables and scenes that everybody knows, but we're such big fans of it. And we've seen it so many times that we're going to try to treat you folks out there to the, 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 the stuff that's more unknown, if you will. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great point. I think that's important to say right out, right out the gate too. Um, but yeah, when, since we're talking about Lebowski, like this is a film that's kind of centered around a, um, a, an unraveling mystery. It's complex. The plot turns out to be kind of unimportant. Um, I think the Coen brothers are even quoted as saying that like the, the plot in and of itself, it doesn't matter if you get confused, it really doesn't take away from the movie at all. Um, and you, I think, are purposely supposed to feel confused in watching this movie. But it is kind of, it's a movie about like a critique of the American dream um, or two versions or alternate versions of it. One, you know, we have The Big Lebowski, which is uh, Jeffrey Lebowski, the one who's kind of built himself up from, you know, uh, uh, nothing and, you know, made something for himself. And then the one, the dude, who is uh, very apathetic and is very content and, and kind of living the life that he's living, but is arguably more happy and- uh, A true pacifist, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I love that dynamic, and I love how the story plays out. We, on the other hand, we have Shawshank Redemption, um, which is, uh, again, another interesting, like, kind of movie that flew under the radar, cult, cult classic, um, that obviously has more notoriety, um, has gained more notoriety over the years. Um, but this is kind of a, a story of hope, and a story of uh, justice and friendship, uh, humanity, a story that kind of transcends genre and yeah, and, and ages really well. And so I'm really interested to kind of talk about this movie too, because there's some really interesting aspects about it um, and similarities too between, you know, both uh, 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 Shawshank and The Big Lebowski that I look forward to hearing from my goods about. But yes, yeah, a really interesting matchup, a really tough matchup. Um, a lot of different angles to go, and so I'll just kind of float that out there and see what everybody else. What thinks. is it called, Doc? Um, when you have something in a movie that is there for no reason, is that the red herring? Yeah. That... Yep. So in the Big Lebowski, you have a lot of that where um, we talked about if you watch the movie through the eyes of the dude, which you do, he is the main character, and I actually found out he's in every scene in the movie. There's not a scene he's not in it, which is pretty awesome. But he also, if you watch it through his eyes, you will be the most confused for at least an hour of the movie until, you know, the ins and outs come together and he starts to get a handle of the case itself. Um, what I'd say about the Shawshank Redemption is it might, I've said it's the internet's favorite movie, it might be um, the hardest hitting first time movie of all time. If you don't know the story, if you haven't read the Stephen King novel and you go in there, you don't know if... Uh, if Andy is innocent, you don't know, you don't expect what happens at the end to happen. You're not looking for much more than uh, this great story you're getting, uh, you're getting thrown into. And it is really that a great story with solid acting. And I don't think there is a movie that like it has, that's why if I was going to go to IMDb and rate a movie, it might be right after you watched it. And uh, it's just, it's fantastic. And it does have one of the highest IMDb ratings, I think of all time. I think it's still number one. And I think, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense because it is, has such a strong first effect. Beware, uh, what do you got to say about these two films? 
Whoo, I'll tell, tell you, I'm overwhelmed by the thought of digging into both of these. I was overwhelmed going into both of these because they've got such high cachet personally in terms of Big Lebowski. And I guess just um, and beyond personally for that movie, there's such a cult following and, and, and it feels redundant to talk about it in a very fine-tuned manner because I feel like the movie in and of itself is like trying to kind of tell you like don't overthink it the dude's not something somebody that overthinks things and he gets thrown into a situation where he's got to inevitably overthink this whirlwind that he's been thrown into and there's all the red herrings as you guys uh, alluded to and so he's inevitably overthinking it. And at the end of the movie, you realize that he's kind of, it's been what they thought it was the whole time. And they just went through this whole rigmarole for nothing, basically. And I feel like to, to overanalyze a movie like that, from that point of view, it just kind of seems counterintuitive. It's like something the dude wouldn't do, you know what I mean? And so that, on top of the fact, I've seen the movie so many times, I was hesitant to watch it from this point of view, but like when you start to do it, it's just unquestionable. Everything about it is so good. And, you know, you really don't need to dig into the details too much. I felt like I did it and I almost didn't want to. And, and it's like writing down my favorite quotes. Oh, I don't even need to, you know, I know these by heart. And, and that, that's, that's a, a great feeling, obviously. And uh, when you look at it from a very critical lens, you know, you try to be devil's advocate, which is easy for me. And then I watch my favorite movie from that point of view and I don't see any issues. And it's just, I'm laughing at every beat and I'm, you know, still taking it as serious as I take any of these movies when we watch them. Whereas Shawshank, it's similar because there's such, such a big, huge story behind it. And, uh, you know, top ranked movie on the internet. And it's, and you've seen that one, you know, maybe half as many times as Lebowski, call it 50. And you don't want to, you know, not give it its due, but it's, it's, it's tough, man. It was tough watching it, knowing that you're about to have to pit these two movies, these two behemoths against each other, especially at the end of the day when they're both just movies that are about ensemble cast movies where the lead is really just a dude that's trying to mind his business and gets wrapped up into these circumstances that are way more like devious than anticipated. And the, the journey that they, they both respectively take you on is pretty awesome. I've been dreading discussing both these movies in uh, competition with one another. I'd rather talk about them as two movies that I enjoy and not have to pick the one that I find greater. Um, I think it's going to inevitably the outcome of this is going to do a disservice to the movie that does not move on. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to some of the discussion that's going to entail about, um, about both these movies. It's really, um, it's a tough one. And I'm, I'm curious to see what unfolds. Thank you, Sandra. I mean, uh, Savage, uh, let's uh, go to Kat. I remember <clears throat> seeing the big Lebowski, I think for the first time in high school. And I don't think I even got through it. Um, the first time and it took me like I remember just thinking like man I've tried to watch this movie like four times it was in situations where I was with other people and other things were going around uh, going on and it took sort of sitting down with it immersing myself in the dude's world and I think that's what you need to do 
to one like understand the the melody of the dialogue and how the actors are really driving that home in a very unique way the the, the way this movie flows um the dialogue almost it just saturates the entire movie to the point where um you know like doc said it it's the the plot sort of gets muddled it took a it took me a good watch where i had to at some point i've seen it i don't know countless times at this point but like to understand what actually happens with the the plot is hilarious in and of itself because it's so stupid it's so ridiculous and like nobody's on the same page but to um all it is is credit where he says that you're just as confused as the dude is that's how those um private eye movies are you're going along and you're going along with the person trying to solve the case and that's like the ride that you're on but it it doesn't help that like the dude's stoned all the time and you know so are the most of the viewers so like getting lost in that plot is uh i think part of the fun and realizing what the plot actually is and how ridiculous it is is uh another part that adds to the comedy and i think it's all intentional uh shawshank is a movie that maybe not as rewatchable but like so amazing the first time you watch it like all it has said it's like it's that moment and they do it's such genius moment where they it lead up to the ending where you you're hearing a rock split uh poster that we've all been looking at well the poster changes but like we've all been looking at this giant poster the entire movie and you know it's there but first time you're watching it you don't think you don't think that he is trying to escape clearly it ties everything together but like the story is so amazing and it leads you to that and that's like the man that that is like the exclamation point of an already like terrific film like the ending is beautiful and it's perfect the um, the, the ending really ties the movie together i would say <laughs> yeah just like <laughs> just like lebowski's red it definitely, like you said, you don't suspect what's happening. You think it's about surviving in prison and being uh, content with it almost too. And it just turns out to be so much more. And it's, and it's just a, it's a satisfying watch because you're watching somebody go through, I think, 20, 20 years of, he, he goes through a lot of hell to get to the point where he's at, where he's like, you know, all of his buddies basically think that he's lost hope, which in turn makes the viewer feel that way. and. Um, they kind of lead you down the road of like this man has been broken and this and that. And then the next day, everybody's minds blown, you know, including the viewer. So he did make a damn um, fine library though. You'd have to admit that that was pretty cozy in there. He and did the a lot of good there. things for that. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, this is a heavy, heavy drama versus basically like a comedy. So um, to compare them is tough. Uh, Beware said, you know, like, talking about the plot and, you know, we're talking about how complicated it was for Lebowski and said, I think you said, don't, you don't, don't overthink things, don't overcomplicate things. And it's funny. And this is the first time I, in this watching, I noticed, I think at least at two occasions, both uh, the dude and then Walter at some point, they basically say, Oh, she probably just kidnapped herself. And that, that's exactly. like right in the first like scene, like they yeah. basically say what the whole thing is. And then uh, I think later on too, Walter says, 
oh, it's probably not even her toe. Like, it's, you want a toe, I can get you a toe. Like, so they, are, they know what they, they, they aren't oversimplifying it, and they're telling you what is actually happening, but then they overcomplicate it by overthinking it. Walter, Walter's wise uh, beyond his years, definitely. Walter's <laughs> always right. Walter's yeah, always, always right. right. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's sage-like. Yeah. And then um, we're talking about also the, the plot, and I, I do think in, like, the whole story in Big Lebowski, these two, these two movies, I think Cap, you said, or maybe it was all it is saying like Shawshank, like maybe arguably like the best first watch movie. Um, um, and then it's kind of like downhill after there, but I, but I, and I, I, I agree somewhat, but I still kind of what Cap was saying, I resonate with of like, it's still like a really, even though I know what the ending is going to be, it's still really like, it maintains that drama, that action, that kind of excitement and that satisfying feeling and then with but with Lebowski, I feel like kind of going with Cap said, like it was confusing. And I'll admit, like we talked about this when we were hanging out, like I remember watching Lebowski you know, and not knowing what was going on and being so confused forever. And like I was, I always attributed it to like, maybe it's because I was, you know, drunk when I was watching it or what, <laughs> stoned and or maybe. I, I think was... also, also back then, you know, you, your watching ability isn't as keen. Sure. Exactly. But like another thing, to say about it is like you've seen at that point in your life you've seen movies done a certain way yeah that's a great point up into you know so Speak like for it's yourself like, man me and b where i used to watch david lynch bro when we were like 16 we were I fucking know. movie buffs bro i know you're you're in a, a league of your own but <laughs> it gets better you know the more you watch it um camp said it really well when he was talking about how he didn't make it through it the first time he watched it and that was like the same, I had the same experience. It took me two, three, four times just to get through it. And then probably a, an additional like one or two times after I like kind of got the gist of like, this is okay, this, it's this kind of movie, not that kind of movie. My stepsister, Jill, it's, it's her favorite movie of all time. And so she, you know, kept, you gotta watch it. You, you'll love it. You, you know, you'll get it. It's a great hand-me-down movie. It's a great movie for that, for sure. You see it so much more clearly the more and more you see it. And that takes time that takes you know multiple rewatchings of it and so comparing it to Shawshank where it's that initial payoff again the, the 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 drop isn't that bad but it is kind of a high and then kind of the rest of the times you still aren't you're chasing that high you're never going to get that Lebowski I feel like the more you watch it the better it is uh, uh more like that kind of comfort food it becomes and I and I propose the question is that what greatness is do you have to Rewatch stuff over and over again. That's a tough call. I think that it's. I kind of think of it as like um, pop music versus jazz or something like that, where it's like very obvious and great. Shawshank at a glance, very first time you you appreciate it immediately. Whereas a jazz record, you know, it's it's maybe it requires a certain mood or maybe it requires you know multiple listens to really pick up on all the different nuances and the. Uh, the expertise displayed within the, the creativity um, and maybe in the, on the flip side, the pop record, sometimes the creativity and expertise is kind of so polished that you don't recognize it. And I think that everybody here in this conversation and anybody in these comparing these two movies would come to the same conclusion where we were talking about all of the, the scenes in, in Lebowski that are rewatchable. Whereas Shawshank kind of deteriorates, if you will, over time. And I honestly, and I know why that's said, because the sentiment of it, you lose the pops, the, the, 
the, the turns around the corner. But at the same time, some of those detailed scenes in Shawshank are so rewatchable. And there's so many good, positive, despite it being a very negative, uh, you know, movie for the most part, honestly, it, there's some great scenes in there and like some really like genuine smile inducing scenes that are, are because the details are so rich and um, the writing is so excellent. The shots are so detailed. Every character is expertly developed. Both the movies are, have all the characters expertly developed and and you you can't really lose any of the bit roles despite the leads being so important and i think that's part big part of why the movies are so great um in every scene and so robust in every scene but honestly i don't it's it's a tough call man it's a real tough call let's talk about some of those characters um and this is going to be hard too because big lebowski is obviously where I have to go. I have to give a nod to Tim Robbins. He's fabulous. And uh, I know we have uh, a new category that we bring up every once in a while is best bod. Um, what about best hair? What about best hair guys? Uh, Tim Robbins hair uh, is nice hair. I don't know if anybody noticed it. It's just some fantastic hair when he's in his prime. He even keeps it pretty, uh, pretty well in uh, prison. Wait a second. We're still doing best bod though, right? Oh yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't think uh, Robbins is uh, a competitor for that, but um, his hair, hey, it screams, man. It's, uh, it's Tell me right now, his hair does not, I like Andy Dufresne's hair a lot. I've had, I've had both of these lead characters' hairstyles in my life. <laughs> and, and, and the dude's hairstyle is way cooler. I agree. Okay. Beware. Uh, Actually, I think you've had three of the characters' hairdos. I think Donnie's haircut you used to sport. Uh, <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> Just push it over to the side. Hey, uh, well, we're going to talk about characters, and I'm going to go to Big Lebowski, and I'm going to say um, Walter. Walter, the only reason I wouldn't pick the dude is because kind of what we talked about earlier. If you look through the eyes of Walter through the whole movie, you, you know what's happening. Plus, his dialogue, I think, is like the best Coen Brothers words to actor that we've ever had. There's so many pauses in The Big Lebowski and lines that don't get finished. One of the ones I have to quote for Walter, just because it, it just, it's, this is the thing you have to keep on rewatching to even get this. I had to write this down and I'm going to have to uh, clip this in, but uh, he's sitting and they're talking about uh, the marmot that was in there and uh, that and Walter goes, uh, Are we gonna split hairs here? No. Am I wrong? Well, he, he man, they Am were I? nihilists, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Say what, what you want about the tenets of national, national socialism. socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Yeah. And also, let's not forget, let's not forget, dude, that keeping wildlife, um, um, an amphibious rodent for, um, you know, domestic, domestic within the city, that That's not legally either. either, dude. What are you, a fucking park ranger that now? Is, no, I'm just trying to... If you watch that the first time, you wouldn't appreciate that at all. That that whole... I think that's the perfect quotable to show you what the Coen Brothers dialogue is. It's um, commas and... Say sewer. Walter does it even better than the dude. He's my favorite character, folks. There he is. Am I wrong? The fact that they, I think what they do nail in the first, their first meeting, the three of them at the bowling alley where Donnie is trying to find out what the fuck they're talking about. You get, you get the three characters, but you get how they're doing this dialogue is that 
one person doesn't know what's going on and the two other people are having just thoughts come into their head and they're spewing them out and they like they just it's like yeah you get those those lines where they don't finish and they're cutting each other off and like i don't know the tempo of those conversations when you really watch them intently is there, there's so that jazz. funny I believe this is John Goodman's best movie. Would you guys agree? I don't want to think, I don't want to split hairs or think you too long. You haven't seen uh, Flintstones yet, obviously. So. <laughs> obviously. You also haven't seen, uh, have you seen King Ralph? Can't say I've seen King Ralph. King Ralph. I don't know if I would say it's his best movie. I, I, I don't, only because I can't really think of others. Um, I'm sure there's other, some competition out there, but I will say John Goodman, Goodman has gone on record saying this is his favorite movie of the ones that he's done. And they all love it so much, man. They, uh... yeah. There's an American Masters on Jeff Bridges on, that was on PBS a couple years ago where they kind of go into like what makes this person like so special? Why are we doing a two-hour like PBS documentary on them? And John, they did on Jeff Bridges and they interviewed John Goodman and he is talking about some of the scenes and he can't get through like he can't get through what he's trying to say because he's laughing <laughs> so hard and he's like wiping his eyes and just like say i can't you know i can't believe we got yeah. away with this he, shit he I doesn't can't have a better movie. Kind of movie i don't know i don't think that he has a better movie but before we uh discuss that anymore let's go into characters uh savage why don't why don't you talk about your favorite character i mean i could talk about both these movies for so long it, it it's uh it's still i'm still kind of bummed that, that they're going up against each other but i'm not bringing that up anymore when you look at morgan freeman's imdb page it has the known for section where it shows like the algorithmed uh like most searched movies i'm assuming or most watched or highest regarded shawshank redemption isn't even on the list which kind of was kind of fucked me up a little bit because that's like the most Morgan Freeman-y movie I can think of where he not only stars in it as like a supporting actor, but he like narrates the whole fucking movie. And it's like, it's like you're hearing his voice throughout the whole thing. It's kind of told from almost from like Red's perspective um, where he's kind of has, you know, he knows some of the um, what's going on in the prison. He's got a lot of knowledge. He's, you know, he's kind of the, the guru there. He's kind of the yeah, he, object of uh, of, Shawshank, of Shawshank. He develops a like a reverence for Andy. I hear you're yeah, good at uh, changes. You see him when he's locating he's throwing, things. So as he saying? Yeah, understanding yeah, a man that knows yeah, how to get things. Yeah, he's pretty like, you know, he's tough at the beginning. Smart as they come. Smart as they come. And, and and he doesn't give him. You know, he kind of he, he give he ends up giving um giving Andy Dufresne like the time of day. Tell you the truth. When he's throwing the baseball in the yard with the boys. <laughs> And um, it's just kind of a, it's such like a buddy movie too. Like um, Red is kind of feeling out Andy Dufresne in the yard when he's throwing the ball. You get like the sense that he like he likes him, but he's kind of still being a little standoffish about it. And I, for me, Red carries that movie because it, I mean, there would not be a movie without Morgan Freeman as Red. So I, I really think. Um, and Andy doesn't say much. He's, he's he does. I mean, he yeah. does, but he he's he, not the. Sure. He's in a lot of montages where Morgan Freeman is narrating what he's doing yeah. in prison. Yeah, where he, getting right, like, like doing laundry or fighting off those. He's, he's got great men. It's the yeah. hair, you know. He just lets the hair do the work. Yeah, it like kind of just goes like all over the place. I love that we have uh, Red. Red, Morgan Freeman, Thanks, a good Red. Irishman, uh, picked as a favorite character. Why do they call you that? Maybe it's because I'm Irish. Man, I. Uh, 
I've been going back and forth this whole time. I was going to say Red too, honestly. Um, he he does the uh, the double duty of narrating the movie beautifully, and him narrating the movie, I think, is a huge part, like a reason why you might like it and not not recognize it right away. Like you you like this movie because he is narrating it. I think partially, it just moves the story along so well. He's got that million think, dollar voice, man. He surely he really does. Yeah, and I just think that I don't know his character of the you know the guy that you you know, can get you what you need is such a. It, integral role integral role of the story the plot like he gets him the rock hammer and it just becomes this whole thing so i don't know i just think that red such an important character i wanted to pick somebody from shawshank so i can't really pick andy dufresne because like like will was saying it's like you're you're seeing him do what red's saying that he's doing so it's just i don't know i think he's just a more important character what about jake (laughs) <laughs> shout out to jake the bird man uh hey, two jakes we got baby jake <laughs> and we got unless hey i don't know doc is jake the same bird I, I let's find out doc i think you got some bird facts don't you there was actually used uh six birds for filming this no i actually don't have that fact on hand but I do doc have, you're a birder I I'm, I I know, know, man. <laughs> hey but i do have so this film though did get a stamp from like the american animal protection something saying that no animals were harmed because they had the they had the birds they had um the they were, they were feeding maggots or meal you're gonna you're gonna eat bird. that yeah, exactly. it's a nice juicy one <laughs> and so they actually so no animals or birds or insects or anything were harmed in this movie but thank I don't god know how many jakes were in it so cap has just picked the same um character as uh savage and that's i, I appreciate that morgan freeman has that million dollar voice uh doc do you got a favorite character yeah, first, I want to provide just some little background information. So Morgan Freeman, um, one about red character. So in the Stephen King novella, this was actually was supposed to be an Irishman with red hair. That's how he got the name. Oh, red. my God. So there's the joke. Yep. And that was actually a real line for the movie. Um, and uh, but then they changed his name to Redding. It's for to, so, so that that red kind of made sense um, with Morgan Freeman, Freeman. But they left that joke in there. Man, did Stephen King like this film? I know he often doesn't. He did, actually. Yep, this was one of the ones that he does actually like. like. Where it, uh, it's a Stephen King, it's one of his favorite adaptations. It has um, to be. I mean, come yeah. on. And it's one of his, I've, I've read, I haven't read his books. Um, I've, I've read most of it, but uh, he doesn't have many books like that. I know that, where it's very kind of mild and there's no magic or um, shining in it. Like, there, there's no... Even in um, uh, The Green Mile, Mile, you know, that has a little bit of uh, mystery in it or, you know. Um, magic. Yeah, the, the paranormal. It's definitely got some, some magic in there. So you got to respect that when yeah. Stephen King just goes even keel and just knocks one out of the park. And so real quick, too, this is this was actually Morgan Freeman's favorite of his own movie. Oh, and you guys mentioned he's got that million-dollar voice. This was actually the first movie that Morgan Freeman actually narrated which actually kind of arguably kicked off his kind of narration oh, yeah. career after oh, that. Oh yeah, big time. That's excellent. Um, so uh, there's a lot of great characters in Shawshank um, and kind of just want to give shout out to Brooks. Um, I won't really go into too much, you know, because really in that, in the movie, he's not that much of a character he, and he's not in the movie for that long, but he is beautifully portrayed the amount of time that he has in the scene, he gets you your heartstrings and is a is an amazing 
story that really blew my mind when I, the first time I watched Shawshank because I'd never thought of what they called being institutionalized and somebody being on the inside or in a setting for so long the idea of going free or being free was actually aversive or was not what they wanted and that blew my mind and that is a and, and a true story there right yeah. oh yeah and so, and you know, just the, how that storyline played out is really heart wrenching. And, you know, you potentially kind of see that um, with some, you know, with red in the, in the story as well. Yeah, Real yeah. quick on Brooks is that I, I had him down as a cute was standout too. He shed a tear when, when Brooks uh, carved his name up top. The part of Brooks too, that is important. I think is that it really allows you to see that uh, how institutionalized they get and like, that like with if you don't see the person that's at the end of the story you don't understand how impacted the people in the middle of the story are and so i feel like he's the one guy that allows you to kind of get the full perspective of um the situation and the 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 weight on their shoulders you know and the it's it's a totally like you said it's a totally different perspective but it's it's a different kind of weight and something you don't realize that probably you don't really realize until you're of a certain age and you don't know anything better when he's explaining Dear it. Dear fellas, I can't believe how fast things move on the outside. And then he said, the world went and got itself in a big goddamn hurry. And I, I love that. Um, it feels more, more uh, relevant than ever these days. Yeah. Yeah, for wow. sure, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, um, my character, since nobody said it yet, I'll put it out there, but it's got to be the dude. Yeah, well. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. And here's why. I, I was thinking a lot about him. Why do we like him so much? Why is he a, a fan favorite? Why, why is he the center of this kind of cult following? Why, is there, why are there religions, dudism, you know, based off of him? I kind of hinted at it at the beginning about this is a, a movie that is kind of showing these kind of polar opposites of like maybe what this American dream is one where you kind of build yourself up or you make you know something from nothing. Um, but there's this also kind of alternative version, which is this kind of dude who he's a, a person with no ambitions or aspirations and he wants to, does not really care about ascending socially at all. And he's, his goal is to get through life as effortlessly and enjoyably as possible. And I is that it. verse one, chapter one of the, the dude Bible? <laughs> I, honestly, that's, a, I don't even know if there is one. I probably should know that. Uh, but I, I, I think they got something. That's is the it. dude, is the dude, the tumbleweed at the beginning? Hey man, I have I that note. That. I think that's brilliant, dude. That's I a great that. call. I don't know is if he just, that's great. Going, Literally with the wind, so going with the flow. And that song, it's a beautiful song. And like, I collecting odd things on your way. Like, that's, a, that's tumbleweed. That's the dude. Like, a dirty thing collecting stories. Going with the flow and, yeah. With the flow, with the wind, yeah. And I was thinking, too, like, he's not a uh, 21st century man. M meaning, like, he doesn't care about job. He doesn't care about salary, doesn't have like 401k, he doesn't really care about kids, family, 
Um, hey, he's Josh. a bum. Lebowski. <laughs> Condolences. The bum's lost. The Lebowski. bum's lost. Hey, uh, Doc, he doesn't have an iPhone. You know. I think this would be a good time to tell the folks out there that what the Coen brothers were actually going to explain why the dude actually has some money, even though he's unemployed. I think that's a pretty cool aspect. Why don't you tell us that, Doc? So they scrapped this, but originally when they wrote the story, it was that he was the heir of the Rubik's Cube uh creator uh um, <laughs> fortune i guess i um, love that man but you, but you also see like so i feel like they were right in taking that out because it's agree like too yeah. sure too and then you it gives me to be sure. lazy and movie. stuff sure yeah well you're just it's, seeing these people all in the moment the whole yeah. time i love it they're too it smart takes they you out of that one of the things you shouldn't like, have a past he has some income you don't know what where it is but you also note from the opening scene that he's you know, he's writing so checks for 69 cents. <laughs> and if you look closely or, and if you know, so like this was kind of some facts looking is that that quote, cause he looks up and it's George Washington, George Washington, George, George Bush, senior, <laughs> George Bush, senior, this will not George stand. Walker. This will not stand. <laughs> this aggression saying, like, we won't against stand uh, for this. Kuwait. No, I do. Uh, this mind. aggression will not stand. Uh, the dude yeah, minds. This will not stand. Video. You know, this yeah. aggression will not stand, man. And, I mean, uh, but I guess that was on from like September 5th, um, 1991. And he writes the check for September 11th, 1991. So he like post dates the, the check. Yeah, the conspiracy um, heads went nuts with that one. Well, that too, because he's talking about Saddam, 9-11. Yep. So that's a whole, that's a whole thing. And this movie came out in 98. So a couple years before, but, like he's writing checks for 69 cents and, uh, you know, post dating them. So you know, because he doesn't have maybe that in his account until it comes. It comes in each month. Yeah, that yeah. that Rubik's cube check, probably about ten thousand every three months. I'd say he could live off that. It's ample. But yeah, it's, I'm gonna have to say, Jeffrey, because I think what he values most is his friendships. He has his things in life that he loves: bowling and white Russians, and or you know, and taking a bath, smoking jays, and that's my and, robe. Yeah, when she shows up with it. Yeah, it's my robe. And I'm you know, sorry, I'm getting loose, folks. I'm letting him go. If anything, with uh, you know, with him too, like you talk about the dudism or the you know religion that spawned was spawned from this. Like you think of it as Zen and kind of like owning no things and not you know wanting to acquire things and just kind of being peaceful and just going with the flow. Interesting. The oh. one thing you see him trying to attain is that the rug. He wants his rug back, but maybe that's what maintains his balance. He had a rug and he wants it back. And you know, do you ever hear it, Doc, that the Coen brothers got so many letters from fans saying, "Why didn't you just give him his rug back at the end? The dude gets nothing." Like, and they, one of the brothers, I don't know, I think the younger one, um, was kind of. You see, he was touched by it. He's like, you know, we could have done that. I, I'm, but then they quickly forget about it. But the truth is, it's they, they're so brilliant that they just, they don't overthink anything and therefore they have this, this work of art. And uh, sure, the dude could have got um, some money. He could have got his rug back, but it makes it that much better. Hey, uh, help me out with this one, Doc. Uh, ever thus to deadbeats, Lebowski. Because I'm like, what did he say? What did Wu say there when he's pissing on his rug? Ever thus to deadbeats, Lebowski. I had to rewind it. So that's a reference to what uh, John Wilkes Booth said right when he jumped off the stage and killed uh, or assassinated Abraham Lincoln. He said, sick semper ty tyrannis. And what that translates to is um, thus always to tyrants, which means like it suggests that bad outcomes should happen or eventually will befall tyrants. 
Um, and so when they're saying ever thus to deadbeats, they're saying that bad outcomes should happen to deadbeats. That's excellent. All right, I got to hit it with one quotable. You know what? Nobody did uh, mention Philip Seymour Hoffman. He plays such a small role in The Big Lebowski, but he is honestly my favorite role. He honestly is my favorite role. He, he is so good for the amount of minutes he has in there. And the, he plays everything. And if you, okay, you know how we say a lot of people, you, the first time you watch Lebowski, you watch this. Uh, if you only push your eyes on Brant, every time he's in there, never take him off. Just stare at him the whole time. You will be rewarded with your own just different type of humor. He nails that, just that role completely. But um, one of my favorite quotes is um, the dude says to Brand, These are, uh, oh, those are Mr. Lebowski's children. Different so mothers, to speak. Huh? No, they're not. Racially, he's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, shrugs his shoulders so much. There's so much in there. Uh, they're, they're not, not literally his, his children. children. They're, the, they're little... the little Lebowski urban achievers, inner city children of promise, but without the necessary means for a necessary means for a higher for a higher education. education. So Mr. Lebowski is committed to sending uh, all of them to college. Wow. Excuse me. That whole scene right there, their exchange is just so great. Um, I, I would imagine somebody else has a Philip Seymour Hoffman Brandt yeah. quote. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, when, when Brandt, uh, when Tara Reed's character as, um, as Bunny, Lebowski, where Bunny Lebowski is painting her nails and asking uh, the dude to blow on her freshly painted nails. I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful woman. We're all, we're all very fond of her. not necessarily Brant's line, but the smile that he gives after she says that line is unparalleled. He, he's so <laughs> uncomfortable. It's it's perfect Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I uh, God, that fucking scene is one of my favorite like lines in the movie. There's a million quotes in both of these movies, I think, that you could really run down. And I don't want to be super redundant in terms of just rattling off the 20 Big Lebowski quotes that I have, because I definitely have 20. Um, the... All right, way to go, way to Johnny, go, if you will it. It is no dream. I love that because you really just are stuck. Most people call it just the all right way to go, Donnie. But then he just has the casual, real like, if you will it, if you will it, it is no dream. dream. Fucking 20 minutes late, man. What the fuck is that? Theodore Herzl. Huh? State of Israel. If you will it, dude, it is no dream. What the fuck are you talking about, man? The carrier. What's in the fucking carrier? Just in terms of just having these idioms that just are home runs constantly. And he, am I wrong? Am I wrong? He's definitely never wrong. When the Big Lebowski's daughter, I'm, her name's eluding me right now. When she refers the doctor to the dude and he says, he's a good man and thorough. I think that that is a great quote, just obviously because it's a popular one, but it's, it's one that I say all the time. And I like in my, in my normal rhetoric. And I think that that's, definitely part of this movie is like when you can adopt a quote into like something that you naturally say um like you're killing me smalls that type of thing like that is just a next level quote in any movie shout that's, out that's, to julian moore uh mod because she made up that yeah, accent uh she she said i know exactly what i want to do for this accent it's not and you know it's not from any place she just made that up herself so that's awesome um, the last quote I love from, from Lebowski is when they're 
after Donnie, after Donnie's been shut down, they're in the theater watching the play and Donnie's been shut down as always by Walter and Walter actually does give in to the, <laughs> into the request for the burgers. And he goes, I have a few burgers, I have a few beers, a few laughs. <laughs> and he's kind of like subsides his tone as he calms himself down. And he kind of says a few laughs under his breath. And it's just so good. And then, I mean, and shit. And you go into, you go into Shawshank and you're talking about quotes too. It's, there's a million, but I think the one that I'm going to hang my hat on is one that I'm going to hang my life on. Is I guess it comes down down to a simple simple choice. choice. Either get busy living or get busy dying. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. If one of us didn't pick that quote, we'd be because that is legitimately how I try to live my life so it's gotta it's gotta be said I never caught this before um there's one of the bigger like kind of foreshadowing parts because he, he says so he says the get busy living or get busy dying line and then right before that Red and Andy are talking and Red and Andy's talking about what he would do if he got out and uh Red ends up saying something about like shitty pipe dreams yeah yeah and it's the first time I never caught that was this oh, most recent. Oh, man. This most never, recent. Never um, caught that. While we're on that scene, touch on the fact that, like, they, they have this conversation throughout the movie. He plays, he goes in the hole for playing the, uh, the two Italian opera singers. And they, he gets out and he basically he says, what's the point of having it in your head? Any, you know, in the first place, they're having this discussion. And he talks about hope. And Red warns him about hope, saying that, like, it is not healthy for you to think that you're going to get out of here, essentially. You know, Andy, he never lost hope. You know, that's what the the whole movie's about. So, yeah, get busy living or get busy dying. He's basically saying, like, I'm going to get busy living and get the fuck out of here. It's awesome. Uh, Shawshank has a lot of nasty lines in it too. Like the warden's pretty, well, the warden's kind of more conservative, but, um, uh, who is it? Uh, why is it? Hadley. Hadley. Right. Uh, he, he has some ones, but, uh, warden. What is your malfunction? You fat barrel monkey spunk. Savage. We got to get the fresh fish chant going. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty epic in the movie. You know, they're taking bets on who's going to cry first. Fresh fish. I'm not, I'm not going to chant that. Well, we'll we'll, we'll cue that. And I, I understand. And they feel guilty about it. Red sure does. I want my you know. um, and even uh, what's his name? A good big nod to him to uh, um, Haywood. You know, he 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 doesn't feel great about winning that bet. You know, because the guy ends up losing his life. He gets beat to death just for fucking crying and losing his shit in uh, prison the first night, which is pretty fucked up. Hey, why don't we lighten it up and uh, get a, get a big Lebowski quote in there. So we don't, uh, I've got one, um, where there, where Maude is showing big Lebowski, the porno. And she's like, uh, well, you can imagine where it goes from here. And he goes, he pictures the cable. cable. All right. What about this? When he says, uh, the beaver picture in the beaver picture. Beaver. You mean vagina? I mean, you know the guy? I might have introduced him for all. One that, one that got me from the Big Lebowski is something that it, it became sort of my favorite quote because it made me laugh so hard. Maybe like 
I don't know how many times I had seen it at that point, but I, I never quite picked up on it was, uh, when he finally confronts the, the other PI, the, the short little bald guy. And, you know, he basically is saying that he's looking for bunny, but it's a different name. It's a real name. Her parents are looking for it. And he shows her, he shows them a picture of the farm. And they show you the close up the picture. The of the farm. The Knutsen just told me yeah. I, I should and show her this. How are you going to keep him down on the farm once they've seen Carl Hungus? Like just She's been kidnapped, Afino. And it sounded so genuine, and it's just so funny. When they when they almost fight in the in front of his car, that is so good, man. He's lady friend, man. Relax, man. How about when the stranger goes, you got a good sarsaparilla? Hey, how about Sioux City sarsaparilla? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and then uh, talking about you know sometimes the sometimes you eat the bar sometimes the bar eats you. Isn't sarsaparilla like a, like a root beer? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Non non alcoholic, and he only right. has a few sips of it too, and walks away from it. But uh, when Maude Lebowski says, "Do you like sex, Mr. Lebowski?" Dude says, "Excuse me, sex, the physical act of love. Coitus, do you like it?" I was talking about my rug. You're not interested in sex. You mean coitus? That that whole line <laughs> fucking gets me every time. Going back, jumping back to uh, Shawshank, where Red said... Two things never happened again after that. The sisters never laid a finger on Andy again. And Boggs oh, never cool. walked again. But that was savage. Fuck yeah, man. He spent the rest of his day sipping his food through a straw. One of my favorite... Also, sorry to jump back over to Big Lebowski. One of my favorite quotes from that is when um, Walter is snatching up Larry's Corvette. Well, what he thinks is Larry's Corvette. And he's screaming, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Um, that, that line, uh, when it was edited on like TBS back in like the early 2000s, they replaced it with, um, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Happens. This is what happens, Larry. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? And that it alone makes it so much funnier. <laughs> and I almost wish that was the line, was the original line. It's so good. I want to, before we get into scenes, I want to bring this up. Did Walter kill Donnie? Because I think he did. If you look, every episode that Walter has, you see Donnie in the background. This is what I said. You got to watch characters sometimes and never take your eyes off them pick a character don't look at anybody else just watch them if you watch donnie the whole time you'll see that every time walter does something even when he's speaking a little harsher you know but when he pulls out the gun which is finally to the you know when they they have the the meeting with the nihilist in the parking lot this all leads up to donnie basically having his heart attack and it's not really anybody else it's walter so i really i think walter killed donnie it's pretty it's pretty crazy to say it's uh, it's almost sad so Walter, Walter does escalate the situation. Yeah. Always. And, and you always see like what you're alluding to all it is. You see him making wincing faces and you see his stress level. Oh, at times he's, about, he's yeah. about to have a heart attack. He just doesn't yeah. have it yet. And you see, so throughout the movie too, Donnie's always hitting strikes until that last one. He doesn't where, could it be his arm was tingly or could it be a symptom? No, no. And of, he, that's that's his just last something, strike he throws. Something was off. Yep. And there's actually an, a fan theory that Donnie doesn't exist and is just a figment of Walter's imagination. Because if you, oh my, yeah, God. that's a whole other fan theory. Um, wow. Because and he's just Never screaming. He's got, he's basically got that PTSD, and so he's always screaming, "Shut the fuck up, Donnie!" But nobody's actually there. 
So I, I want to get into scenes. And um, luckily, I have a scene that comes with the quotable too. And I'm going to Big Lebowski. The limo scene where Big Lebowski is in two limos within the scene. One, he's being drove back by a chauffeur. And you have one of the funnier, uh, one of the funnier quotes. So, so he says, he my says, wife's a pain, my wife's the pain in the ass. Busting my friggin' agates. My daughter's married to a Jadrul loser bastard. I got a rash so bad on my ass, I can't even sit down. But you, you know, know me, I can't, I can't complain. complain. Uh, <laughs> and then of course, I got, again, a rash, I got a fucking rash. Fucking a. That scene, you know, just kind of enjoying himself. It's the happiest you see the dude in the whole movie. But then he gets out and there's another car waiting for him. And of course, it's Brant and Mr. Lebowski. And they, you know, the driver throws him into the back seat. And that scene is another great uh, Brant scene. And he's just sitting there in the talk about the dialogue. He's like, uh, has it ever occurred to you, man? And he's just stumbling. And, you know, what are you blathering about? I decided that that whole section of the movie is pretty much the best part where you're really getting into the full fledge of the story. But those limo scenes are going to be my favorite scenes. Uh, who wants to talk about their favorite scenes? When um, Morgan Freeman's doing the voiceover, uh, we're the lords of all creation as for Andy. He spent that break hunkered in the shade, a strange little smile on his face, watching us drink his beer. Hell, we could have been tarring the roof of one of our own houses. We were the lords of all creation. As for Andy, he spent that break hunkered in the shade, a strange little smile on his face, watching us when drink they're, his um, beer. When they're retarring the roof um, at the prison, that's got to be my favorite scene um, from both these movies. It's uh, somehow Andy is able to persuade um, the, the guard to allow his co-workers, as he called them, um, have three beers apiece. Also, fun fact, do you guys know what kind of beer they were drinking? I have no idea. Stroh's. Oh, okay. They're talking about um, uh, fine, uh, something bohemian beer. And uh, that's always what's on the label of Stroh's. And, and when they, there's a scene when they zoom in and they show the old bottles that were from the 50s and 60s, um, which actually have a few of the, the smaller, like uh, red stripe shaped bottles. And, and Andy um, doesn't have a sip, man. He, he, uh, he sip. just gets it for the boys. Yeah, yep. Yeah. He just wanted something for his coworkers. He had the smile on his face. Uh, I, the whole scene, even when um, the guard is about to push him over, um, telling, talking about how uh, he's, this, this guy's about to have an accident. All of that is just so good. It's such a great scene. Um, there's some good music in it, too. I, I just That has to be my number one. Beware. What's your favorite scene? Favorite scene from both movies. This is crazy. Is is actually coming from Shawshank, and it's the scene when Andy Dufresne finally gets the letter with the check back after writing letters for every day for five Andy, years. He finally gets it back. The guards are feeling good about a situation. They give him a little leeway, and he says, "You know, I'm gonna go take care of business in the bathroom." And he says something. I'm gonna really go pinch a loaf. I'm gonna go pinch a loaf and I expect this to be cleaned up and he just is on a, such a high that he just says you know what what are these guys gonna do to me and he locks the dude in the bathroom he locks the door and then he proceeds to just play the music the opera music for the entire 
prison and the prison yard and everyone in there who hasn't heard music in, in years, man. And um, that's another, that's a real dusty scene right there because I genuinely would be like lifeless if I couldn't hear music anymore. Just, it was just donezo. And I don't even know if that's the case actually these days. I think it's probably different these days. But I know back then that was not the case. And so for Andy to go out on the limb and put himself out on a limb and then turn it off on top of that um, in the heat of the moment and knowing he's about to just get rocked, um, that it just, it's, it's everything about Andy and his character and his, his, his selflessness and his awareness of the situation and his ability to, to take advantage of people that are in theory taking advantage of him when he gets the opportunity and he's just the man and that that scene just encapsulates the best parts of him and that movie in my opinion i'm gonna come in there with uh with a scene here uh from shawshank um i would just have to say watching this for the first time the most enthralling part of the movie is everything that happens after he throws that um, chess piece through the poster, uh, the montage where they explain how he's been escaping for the last 20 years is awesome. It's, it's again, those, that scene where Morgan Freeman is narrating Andy's, you know, how he did it uh, the whole time. And you see him taking his totes of dirt out and leaving them in the yard. Um, just pressure and time, you know, and that's, it's just, it's really just amazing. It's amazing to go through that movie and for them to have set up all the pins for them to just knock them down at the end. And it just, it all comes together. And it's fucking awesome. My favorite scenes, I've got one from Lebowski that I'll share in a second, but since Cap just said my other favorite scene, I just want to build on what he was saying is that that whole ending sequence in Shawshank and <clears throat> might be cliche, but it really is the the movie is designed to to build up to that point. Um, and like I, I so I watched it. I was watching it um, and stopped it and rewatched it again afterwards. And was like, why is this so good? Why is this ending such a, just a home run? And like I mentioned, everything builds up to it. All the character development, all the character arcs throughout this throughout this movie are fantastic. Um, the warden, Andy, Red, um, and you see it all kind of come together in this moment. Um, the plot devices of the rock hammer, the geology, the poster, the rope, like that you start, you might maybe start thinking he's on the edge of maybe committing suicide because he kind of gave that really cryptic, weird um, talk to Red. And, and so you don't know, um, you know, then he tells him the weird story of where to go. He the financial he becomes the financial guy. He's wearing he steals the suits. The whole underlying kind of religion, suicide, the thunderstorm. Um, you know he the whole switching of the stuff um, and to kind of set it up. The how it said it was going to take him six hundred years, and he know you know to 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 dig out. And um, I don't know, man. Like and then the whole speech, like pressure and time. They get busy living or get busy dying. And just the the revenge aspect of it, the payback, the justice aspect of it. And actually, if you look in his uh, prison cell, there's a couple, there's some interesting kind of pictures and paintings. And so I was, 
I looked up what those were um, and really interesting things. So one is that one is uh, Vincent van Gogh and it's a, um, uh, it's a picture of a cypress tree and a star and a moon. Um, and so basically what they, these kind of pictures kind of play out what the end of the movie is. So it's that big ass tree. Um, and basically that's where he tells red to go. And then there's another picture. It's a Winslow Homer, um, called breezing and it's, uh, them on a, him on a boat. And so like, these are kind of up in his, uh, cell and that's kind of his, you know, that the tree where he, you know, you know, made love and proposed to his wife. Um, but then where he tells red to go get the, the note and the money and stuff. And then also the boat of where his destination is going to be. Um, so yeah, I just love that scene. And then the, he opens up the Bible and it's opens it up to Exodus, which is the, you know, the Jewish escape from slavery. And so kind of in, in a sense, that's what he's, he's escaping. And he, I think he even says that quote too, of like, you were right, you know, um, um, salvation lies within yes yes you're right salvation lies within and it's the he has that where the rock hammer was kind of in there and i just love all that all that how that comes together is just incredible um and then taking it over to lebowski actually my favorite is all of a sudden you know where donnie has the heart attack and one is like the transition and we pointed this out when we were watching is that it all goes it all goes black really slow and the lights on the bowling alley are still present. And then, so it's all black and you see the lights and then all of a sudden the lights just go dim. And it all Man, we rewinded that and it gave me goosebumps. Like you see it a hundred times, but that really the, when we were sitting there watching it together, sipping a Russian, that shit gave me goosebumps, man. Uh, fucking A. Yeah, man. And I think then it kind of rolls into some serious stuff, but like where there it's the dude and it's Walter and they're together and it's, they're honest and it's sad and they're angry with each other and it's the most real scene and it's emotional and um then it kind of goes like fuck it dude let's go bowling and um talks there's that quote where he says drags and gutters ups and downs you know and that's kind of life he's really happy there though man that's uh other than in the limo where he's more like kind of loopy and stuff at the end of the movie he's kind of happy like everything's going to be all right i think to our my previous point that the dude never got something at the end like the rug he did get happiness. He did kind of get more content, more experience. He found his lady friend. He's a, a father that doesn't ha need to have any responsibility, but they, you know, another fan theory is that there could be a sequel to this one day. I think the Coen brothers are a little bit too, um, too privy. Uh, if just to use that, you guys aren't privy, you guys aren't privy to certain things, but, uh, I think they're too smart for that. What's, talk about memorabilia and there's a reason i'm talking first because i'm very greedy tonight with memorabilia i've been looking for this for a long time it's very hard to find in thrift stores me and beware used to go to value worlds and all these places rummaging through different types of t-shirts and sweatshirts i need that dude sweater so bad uh i think uh jeffrey lebowski still has that uh jeff bridges that sweatshirt still or i've seen him wear it at um lebowski stuff uh it's so cool i don't know where you find it i've honestly looked for it i got some pretty good lebowski dude pants but uh that's what i'm gonna need for memorabilia who's got a piece of memorabilia i, I want the japanese baseball raglan shirt you that. have it your dad got it for you i <laughs> be official I Dad did give me a version of that but it wasn't a baseball style shirt it was like the the same print which was still awesome, and I still wore, of course, but like the specific throwback vintage, uh, you know, 
true baseball tee that the dude is wearing is so excellent and um it would definitely be my choice pretty good sweatshirts too the zip up tan boys are pretty nice too pretty choice savage what was your memorabilia um it's funny mine was the same thing um oh are we, are we gonna split hairs here you guys no, no, gonna... but, but I, have, I have a second i have a backup one there's an instrument over uh for you in uh shawshank if you if you know yeah well the instrument's gonna be the rock hammer Ooh, okay That's i thought he might, go, I thought he might go with the harmonica uh cap i was yeah. gonna go with the rock hammer but i i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say um <clears throat> jesus's uh bowling bowling outfit Ooh. the entire ensemble hey, right, so just a that. quick fact about that you know if you look at uh, jesus stare at that character the whole time he's on screen he's got a little bulge in his pants that was actually birdseed <laughs> <laughs> eight-year-olds uh doc well uh savage and cat took mine with the rock hammer but um i think i would go with so the grocery store manager in shopping uh. His name is uh, Tony Briggs, and so I would take his little name tag. Just caught that for the first time. Um, <laughs> and if I don't take that, I'd probably take the uh, Nixon bowling picture above Lebowski's tiki bar. That's that was oh, my wow. third. Can I, I change honestly, my? Uh, dude, that's my third. My third place one was the Nixon bowling. I want to change my that's answer to awesome. uh, to uh, Andy's chess set. That's what I want. Oh, that's, that's that's a good one. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the time of the night where I like to check in with the doc and see what the academy has to say. Does anybody have a call? You want to call this before doc does? Um, I, if I had to make a call, I'm definitely going to say Morgan Freeman has to win Best Supporting Actor. Does anybody else have any calls uh, that the academy is going to give out? I think both of them are too under the radar. If I, I'm yeah, I feel like it's going to be either Shawshank got something, but like. I feel like it's going to be next to is nothing. It, is it true, Doc, that um, Shawshank Redemption didn't hit as hard right when it was released in the movie theaters? Is, uh, did it kind That's of correct. get more popular? Yeah, Shawshank was a flop. It was a box office flop. And it only, I think it um, uh, only made, I want to say like 18 million. And it was, you know, the production on the movie was, I think, Holy 24, 25 shit, million dude. alone. So yeah, a lot of people won. So it came out with, I think we already talked about what it opened up um, uh, against. Um, I think it was in the same year as um, uh, Forrest Gump, and I think that hurt it. What else do we remember? Um, we were talking about this. I think it was our last uh, matchup. Pulp Fiction? Yeah, Pulp Fiction. So it came out with Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Ed Wood, Bullets Over Broadway, those are the kind of the big ones that were within the uh, Academy Awards that year. So it, it came out and opened up the same day as Pulp Fiction. And, and so kind of just flew under the radar, didn't get much. It, um, one of the, I think um, Morgan Freeman went on record saying that he thinks that people didn't go see it because of the title, that like the title was too long. Um, another, uh, and, but although it didn't do well in the theater, when it got, so kind of transitioning into Academy Awards, it actually got seven Academy Award nominations, um, which is kind of crazy. So it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor in a Lead. Wow. As Morgan Freeman in a Lead, not at the Supporting Actor. Okay, that makes um, sense. He, he, yep. he was a narrator and had more, yep. yeah, okay. Uh, screenplay, cinematography, sound, editing, and music score. 
Um, and interestingly, when it got nominated, it actually got more buzz. It got, it actually grossed 10 more million dollars just after that. And um, this was the biggest hit on video in 1995, the most rented video and generated 80 million in rentals, um, $80 million in rentals in 1995 and beating Forrest Gump, The Lion King and Paul Good for that. Wow, yeah. Facts with Doc. So it's seven nominations. It, it won one award, uh, one Oscar, best actor in a lead, Morgan Freeman. Okay, we got it. So yeah, it's cool. it, it, it put Morgan Freeman on the map, basically. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well deserved. Um, can we quickly, can I ask Doc to, to maybe back up a theory that I've had? Did Morgan Freeman like appear out of nowhere? Like, cause I don't know any. He was in movie. movies like Lean on Me back in the 80s. Like, Lean on that. Already... Keep on going, Cap. Um, he was in a couple of episodes of Mr. Ed. I don't know. Yeah, he was right. <laughs> Forty-five-year-old. I don't know what else he's in before then. So I, I got his research face on. Yeah, I I looking it up because I don't have that off the top of my head. He was in Driving Miss Daisy, so that's um, I think he was the driver. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was in the Civil War uh, TV miniseries documentary as Frederick Douglass. Um, he was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, came out of nowhere he would and then yeah and then that's pretty much it and then after and then, that then he, he said, took oh, off then, he's yeah, seven. listen to this outbreak seven um kiss the girls amistad deep wow. impact um love deep impact yeah love that's like seven in a row Bruce almighty uh wow. so that, yeah i mean million dollar baby i'm skipping over a bunch uh batman begins and that you know so then he yeah it becomes more uh wild well, do you want to hear what the awards were for uh, Big Lebowski? So they uh, won, uh, the jo- Joel Cohen um, won honorable mention for best foreign film in the Association of Polish Filmmakers Critic Awards. Um, John Goodman won best actor in supporting role at the Awards Circuit Community Awards. Um, Joel Cohen was nominated for a Golden Berlin Bear for the Berlin International Film Festival. This is, <laughs> and this is all facts. <laughs> this is what it was for. <laughs> so, it's, so yes, they were not, they were like, as Beware pointed out, uh, uh, Big Lebowski flew way under the radar. We were talking about this when we met with, uh, when I hung out with All It Is and Cap and like one of the things that and I threw it out there, but like the way they promoted the Big Lebowski was from the creators of Fargo. And, and, and so I was thinking, well, if you go into this movie thinking it's going to be like Fargo, it's not, it, there is, it's a Coen brothers, you know, what we know to be Coen brothers, but it's not what you expect. And it's confusing and, you know, and, and so it might not be a fan favorite. Um, so yeah, it didn't get really get any nods for uh, Academy Awards. That said, so instead of going over that, I compiled some stats about the movie. Um, so, uh, uh, the, the dude's rug is mentioned 17 times within the movie. Um, dude is said 161 times within the movie. Um, how many times do you guys think they, uh, dropped the F-bomb? 252. I was going to say, I could see this being like a top 50 F-bomb movie of all time. 250 is pretty close. Any other guesses? 
288. Less than 250, so 213. Hey. 210. What do you got, Sav? 201. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, right. Beware wins with 288. It's uh, 292, and it uh, is actually more than they say it in Scarface. And then the last uh, stat I have for you is that he drinks uh, nine white Russians throughout the entirety of Luckily, we didn't play the drinking game that was smoke every time the dude smokes and drink every time the dude drinks. White Russian, nine, that'll knock you out. I'll tell you what, man, this thinking about these two movies, man, has, has become very uptight, man. Uh, I'm nervous and anxious. I feel like we haven't touched on enough. But one thing, folks, is uh, let me just say this right now. If the Big Lebowski, for some reason, you know, and I know there's people that are undecided still, and, and, and the Shawshank Redemption deserves its roses and it could go on. If the Big Lebowski doesn't move on to the next round, there's no issue here. You have to go watch this movie and discover your own quotables, your own favorite lines. Like I said, you can watch individual characters. Don't take your eyes off them. And it's like, um, you're, the, you're, the, you're the dude. You're, you're the new private investigator. What is uh, the name that they call himself? I'm a brother uh, Seamus. Brother Seamus? Like an Irish monk? What the fuck are you talking about? My name is Dufino. I'm a private snoop like you, man. What? A dick, man. I let me The private investigator. You go into this movie and you actually discover more things every time. You watch it 50 times and you still might have stuff you didn't know. And that is beautiful. And I said in the beginning of the podcast, I didn't want to shine all the light on all of its greatness because part of that is the viewer. It's in the eye of the beholder. You have to go decide if it's great to you. And yes, there is people, and I've had these discussions with people that are turned off by it. Oh, I've seen that once or twice. I don't really like it. Well, if you don't like films like that and you don't want to invest yourself more than once or twice or three times, then yeah, that movie's not for you. But if you do and you're starting to appreciate films you always had and you've only seen this once or twice, or go back and watch this movie over and over again. It's like you could write a thesis, a thesis. Oh my God, a thesis on this, Doc. Uh, you know, I'll go ahead and give my vote. I don't know. What did you think my greatest movie of all time was going was gonna to change? My favorite movie just because I put it under this lens and I'm on a podcast and I watched Shawshank Redemption this week and I really enjoyed it. Nine, four or whatever on IMDb, uh, big Lebowski all the way. Uh, I'll, I'll see it as far as it can go. Probably. I'll go next. This is a, like I said, this is, I was kind of dreading this part of the podcast where we actually had to vote on, on one of these two movies. But big Lebowski is a great movie. I don't know when we were talking about putting together the movies, I, I, you know, this movie does seem more like a comedy to me. Um, and I know it's a controversial opinion, probably in our thread. Uh, I can live with that. I think putting up against a movie like Shawshank makes it that much more difficult. And it also kind of um, shows the differences a lot more um, when you're not comparing a movie. I mean, if Big Lebowski went against Fargo or, or Shawshank went against, I don't know, Godfather or Departed or something, I think it would have been more of an even matchup in my mind. Um, but Shawshank has some of the saddest parts of any movie when, when Brooks gets out. Some of the happiest parts when Andy Dufresne gets out. Some of the most vicious parts when the sisters overtake Andy Dufresne. And some of the most heartfelt parts, like Beware was saying, about getting the money from the state to get this guy off me let's build this library 
for for me, these two movies are are polar opposites from one another, and it's got to be Shawshank for me. There's just there's without beyond any shadow of a doubt. What's your IMDb rating for uh, the Shawshank Redemption? I mean, it's a solid. I would say probably eight four. Wow, that and that's generous too. Because I often think if you're if you was your own IMDb rank, you could get a nine six out there, at nine five, um, eight four. Well. Shit. I mean, I would think you'd go with a 9-4 because that's what it has on IMDb, but I, I, hey, you, you leave room for greatness. I love that. Uh, Cap? High standards. High standards. All right, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to say that Shawshank is uh, another one of those perfect movies. I think it's more important that the movie hits you hard the first time. That's my main reason, I think, for, for voting for this movie. We, we touched on it several times about how you develop more and more and more of an appreciation for the Big Lebowski as you rewatch it. But yeah, the everything that leads up to Andy Dufresne escaping from prison is wonderful, but his escape is like uh, a mind blow. And the first time you see that, you walk away like, holy fucking shit, you know, that's powerful. So the shot that he, where they show him bursting out of the, uh, the pipe and Shawshank is 5,000 yards in the distance, that's the first time that you see Andy Dufresne outside of the prison since he went in and you've got this powerful storm and all that stuff. This has got to be, you know, one of my all-time favorites for all those reasons i i would give it a i give it a 10 on imdb wow so rate it is it a 10 that's that's fantastic and that's what you do when you do actually uh rate your movie on imdb you just uh choose a total of stars and i think for big lebowski and shawshank too i would choose the total number of stars you can choose it ends up getting uh statistically uh you know worked down from there beware uh dude hi <laughs> uh, uh, I think this is a very tough choice and more so maybe than other voting sessions we've had. This dialogue has kind of made me reconsider my choice going into the thought. Hasn't made me change my opinion, but both Cap and Savage have made really excellent points to my choice, which is ultimately Big Lebowski. And <laughs> I want to say that it's not easy because I think that Shawshank probably is a better movie. We've outlined all the reasons why, a better movie at a first viewing. And we've outlined all the reasons why. But I really strongly appreciate any sort of art that can be seen different ways upon different viewings and not only that but like seen find additional value in them not to say that shawshank doesn't but i actually feel like you lose value when you watch shawshank for the second time well overall while you there are definitely parts that you can rewatch and say oh i love this i didn't catch this the first time overall the biggest exclamation points from shawshank are lost in the second and, and third and fourth and subsequent viewings big time. And not only that, but this time especially I noticed that because of that, 
the foreshadowing in the movie feels extremely blatant. When when Andy is giving Red the details of where he's gonna go, and like it's like obviously they're gonna meet there. Obviously this is happening. Like they they, they wouldn't be so spelled out if it wasn't. And and the the pickaxe and like a lot of the things just feel so obvious. And and the the value is kind of lost in in my opinion in those. Or in Big Lebowski, it's just. The little nuances, man, they're all added value. And I just have a hard time when we're talking about classic movies that are really going to stand the test of time, you know, stand the test of time maybe to the masses on that first one, maybe Shawshank. But to me, it's stand the testing of my time. And I think Lebowski over my time is definitely going to be a better watch. And and in the last part, there's there's so much negative uh Maybe it's a good thing, and to give you a full perspective, but the Shawshank viewing experience, there's definitely some gut punches in that movie where you don't get that in Big Lebowski, really. And it's like, I don't necessarily want to see gang rape, believe it or not. And, like, I get it, it's real in the field, but at the end of the day, if we're talking about a movie that's going to stand the test of my time, I prefer to have something that leaves me feeling good, leaves me having things that, I, I continually gain from, and um, I definitely think that's Lebowski. Beware. You're a Lebowski. I'm a Lebowski. I don't know what Doc is yet, so we're going to check in with the Doc and see uh, what his vote is. Doc? I fucking knew this was going to happen. Told you guys I kind of did a lot more uh, thinking about this and wanted to make sure that I like was making a, a decision that I could stand by and feel good afterwards because this is heavy man because i really am of two minds so i did something i haven't done for other matchups before and i i basically came up with all these categories some of them are ones that we talk about in here um i added some additional ones and then kind of just like just tallied like what which one is the best you know has the best characters which one's the most quotable and when uh, so i'm gonna walk you guys through what i came up with so um, for best characters between the Big Lebowski, Shawshank, I actually came up with a tie. I think uh, I think I could argue both sides. Uh, for most quotable, I definitely came, went gave it to Big Lebowski. Um, most rewatchable, gave it to Big Lebowski. Um, best themes, I actually I was leaning Shawshank, but then I actually went tie because I think Big Lebowski has some really interesting themes as well. Undertones. So, yeah. So, yep. About you know, like I was mentioning, American Dream about. Uh, pessimism and 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 anyways um, I'll get more into that later um, so so far Big Lebowski has two and we've got two ties uh, best story I, I gave it to Shawshank I think Shawshank's story is incredible best acting I think Shawshank takes it I think the performances uh, from um, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman are uh, awesome uh, best music soundtrack uh, Big Lebowski um, best scenes. This one was really, really tough, but I actually gave it to Shawshank. Um, Savage pointed out the uh, uh, beer on the roof scene, and then obviously the end scene, and there's so many other gut This is touchy because I think no matter what, I'll give you scenes. I don't think you got characters. I want to actually put you up to, I want to, uh, let's go back to characters after you read your whole list, Doc. Yeah, okay. And uh, best direction, I actually gave a tie to, but that was just kind of, 
Um, so those were my things. And so when you kind of tabulate it, Big Lebowski has three, Shawshank has three, and then they tied in three categories. So it's a tie still. Well, here you go. Go to characters and we'll have a tiebreaker. Explain, debate with me, or just tell, explain yourself why there's better, more characters in Shawshank Redemption. It's not better or more characters. Or it's that I think the character arcs of um, Andy Dufresne, of Red, even of... I guess not even really an arc, but of the warden, I think are better than the character arcs in Lebowski. Um, you don't see a character arc really. You don't really see Lebowski change. Um, he kind of is the dude throughout. Um, he has some experiences, and but he's not doesn't really change who he is existentially. Um, whereas with Andy Dufresne, you see him this down on his luck dude who's been dealt a shit hand. Um, goes through some shit and always is maintaining that hope. And with Red, you see somebody who at the beginning of the film is going into these parole meetings, kind of just given this kind of same old, same old, you know, not um, inspirational kind of talk about, you know, feeling like he's cured or whatever, uh, rehabilitated. And then you see him initially talking, you know, saying, talk, talk, trying to talk Andy Dufresne out of, you know, you can't have hope. That's, you know, hope's going to drive a man insane. But then by the end and through Andy, you see him change. You see him become inspired. You see him start thinking about getting out. So I think characters, and then obviously the warden is just a, a cruel character that you think is kind of this good, pious dude just on the outset, but quickly you learn how much of a um, bad dude he is and he gets his demise. Um, I think Walter is a great character too, but again, you don't really, none of the characters really change that much. You, you learn about them and you, they're more kind of, you like them, but there's not a lot of, I guess really the only character arc is the big Lebowski. You see him kind of come across as this hard ass dude. And by the end, he's just kind of, you know, whimpering kind of sad sap but so what happens though when you build obviously a religion and a festival where everybody it's a halloween costume like okay there's no character art but there is the best characters that have All ever right. been so those, played I got, ever these my, yeah these are my next categories so one my de my deserted island movie is big lebowski um my my the one that made me feel the most emotional the one that made me f actually feel more of an experience um that touched on many chords i gave it to shawshank um, the one that has the biggest cult following, obviously Lebowski, like that counts for something. So that's kind of what you're getting at. Um, and then this is kind of a random one, but I thought it was kind of funny, uh, is that both these movies were inducted into the Library of Congress, which I thought was kind of funny as a, as a statement. Ladies and gentlemen, what we have is uh, 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 Doc's diary. When he is uh, doesn't know what to vote for he's got to go to doc's diary and we got to get a breakdown of these uh, categories this is just this, a, is, this is legendary this is me delaying but trying to come up with a r good rationale and honestly ultimately um so the cohen brothers were are quoted as saying um you know they asked the cohen brothers like what do you think about this how everybody loves the movie so much and they say the movie has more of a, of a fascination for other people than it does for us and I thought that was interesting. I don't know if that's a, a sly, no sly or whatever, but just kind of saying, you know, it's whatever. It's just another movie for us. Doc, you are killing me if you don't know that. You're honestly killing me. So uh, I'll wrap it up real quick. Um, Big Lebowski is a, the style genre is a film noir, which means it's, it's the mood is pessimism, fatalism. It's, it's, there's intricate plots. There's this underlying existential philosophy and there's, 
it's a it's a detective thing and da da da. And it's just this complicated thing. And and again, it gets better the more you watch it. But it's it's trying to do a lot. And I think it's this pessimistic worldview on the American dream. And whereas I think Shawshank, although you know, beware pointed out, there's some really heavy stuff in there. I think ultimately it's a film about hope. It's about the impossibility of caging the human spirit. And I think that that resonates with me uh, more today, especially in these times. And um, I think that it is a better movie that moved me more and meant more to me in, in this latest watch. Even though I love Big Lebowski, I enjoyed it. It hurts, think- Doc. It just re- yeah. remove, the, remove the needle from me, please. Ouch. Is it Shawshank Redemption, Doc? Yeah, man, it's Shawshank. I stand by it. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be with you guys later. Probably not at a bowling alley, and and you'll you'll catch the expression on my face. I'll look like the dude. I'll be really happy, even though like I feel like somebody just passed away. Like we just spread the ashes of the Big Lebowski into uh, you know the Pacific. I think this is a defining moment for our podcast. I'm going to start surfing. I'm giving up podcasting. I'm going to go surfing. Uh, I'm joining uh, Dudeism. I'm going to the next Lebowski Festival and I'm not inviting Doc, Cap, or Sandra, as I like to say now, but me and Beware are going to the next Lebowski Fest. Uh, or the prison. Corona. Oh. <laughs> 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 Hopefully there's a guy in there that can get us something. Real quick, that said, I do think uh, Shawshank is overrated on IMDb, and um, oh, yeah. I also almost didn't vote for Shawshank, but I thought it would be a lame excuse, but there's a huge plot hole in Shawshank. How did Andy, when he got in the tunnel and got out, how did he put the boaster back up? Holy shitski. Well, how did he do what? I, I would think he put a little rip at the bottom and pulled it in and had some sort of stickiness <laughs> to it. It, it he could have just have uh, he could have had it hanging from the top and crawled in under it and it would have fallen behind him. Some weights, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some rocks or some some glued to the back so it was heavy and hit the floor. He obviously had stones in there. That doesn't. Also, stress. how did how did Andy Dufresne anticipate that storm? Did he need the storm to break out so he could bang the rock on the pipe? Not only was thought- a, not only was he geologist geologist, he was a meteorologist. Smart. <laughs> Well, I mean, we have more to talk about this movie and I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of, I'm going to be a, not harsher next time, but we will. If we had to watch this movie again for the second round when Shawshank goes there, is it, is it going to just continue knocking out films? I don't know. Me and Beware probably, probably are going to be a little harsh with it, but I, I don't try to be biased on our, our podcast, folks. So it's that time of the night. It's a, it's a lighter time of the night, a more happier time of the night where I go to the hat and I shuffle it up. And uh, there's also a song that, cheers me up so if you go ahead and play that right now all this i'd appreciate the hat song if i beware please thank you please let's go do that let's go do that let's go do that let's go do that excuse me let's go do that let's go do that let's go do that All right, folks. I don't know. I'm picking aggressive today. You're being obtuse. Wow, it's right. It's the right side up. I can see it right now. I'm going to go right for it. Ooh. Training day versus City of God. I don't have a mulligan. Um, Beware doesn't have a mulligan. 
and Savage doesn't have a mulligan. The winner of this would play uh, against No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men's probably going to win, but that's still great. They're similar movies, sort of. I'm interested in watching both of these movies. Me too. I haven't seen City of God in a long time. Same. And, I remember. Uh, I feel like <clears throat> Training Day is a very rewatchable movie. I've seen that plenty of times. Second subtitle movie on the list, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have one more, Parasite, I believe. Oh, no, Parasite's not on our list, is it? Yeah, it is. Parasite oh, yeah. is. Yeah, okay. Parasite's right. on the list. All right, so these mulligans are, we can't replace any movies, uh, but I got to check in with Doc and Cap. Going to use them, that magic word tonight? I'm not going to say it. Doc? I, I, training Day is on my potential movies to mulligan list. No Country for Old Men could be a tough matchup for it. Yeah. Um, Can you make that better? But I think I'm going to hold out. Um, I think I'm going to hold out. We might need you later. Yeah. I think these are two great movies. Uh, episode 14. One of my favorites. I put it on there. So, I, I'm, yeah. Denzel. Denzel Best. Um, City of God is another first effects uh, movie. When you watch it for the first time, I oh, yeah. really... And, and I will look forward to watching it again because I've probably seen it less than uh, four or five times. Probably around three times. I don't look forward to watching the end of that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I have to admit, I, I like such it a good three movie. Times. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I, I kind of purposely right now I'm staying lost to it. I want to have that first effect. I probably have a lot to say about it, but uh, we'll be back for episode 14 with Training Day versus City of God. Uh, wow, dang, what happened tonight? Oh, yeah, my favorite movie is not going on. I feel like Savage though. Uh, hey, every week, man, I finally get some vindication. Good morning, morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Well, it's very, uh, homey. What are you kidding? We got some family here. I hope you realize how you hurt my feelings. Just take it easy, man. I'm from the bathroom. Yeah, waving the fucking gun around? Come on, you know, Look, I made a mistake, all right? It didn't make any difference anyway. Hey, I'm letting it go. But don't say it doesn't matter. Every line matters. Get off my back! Don't fuck with my plane! And like that, it's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread Podcast. Bringing our content to you. Featuring all it is. It's official, old buddy. Who has been. Beware. From then on, he was known as Benny... The Jet Rodriguez. The Doc. You're the Doc, Doc. The Cat. If you you already know the answers to your questions, then why ask? Big fuck! And myself, Savage. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of them.